Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Henrik Zieberg. He positions himself as an economist, and he's got some strong views about the price of gold, where it's going, and when it's going to happen. It's controversial in that we have received a number of people inbound asking us why we would speak to someone like this. I think it's interesting to speak to people from all aspects and hear from the horse's mouth and then make our own minds up. So hope you do too. Enjoy the podcast. Henrik, how are you doing, sir? Thank you. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, yep. All well. All well. Where are you? You're in Copenhagen, I think. Is that right? Copenhagen. The weather's nice here and uh, people back on the streets and back in the cafes and everything. So it's all fantastic. Beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, beautiful city. Been, been a few times, um, but not recently, okay. obviously. Yeah. So, and, uh, so so tell me tell me a little bit about you. So if, if you, you're, you're from Copenhagen, you've always worked in Copenhagen or have you, worked, have you ever had the chance yeah. to come to yeah. London? Yeah, I, I'm from Copenhagen. I'm always, I always I'm from Denmark, but I've lived in Copenhagen for the last 26 or so years. Um, haven't been working in London. Would have loved to do so. Uh, it's a fantastic city and uh, many great places in the world. But this is absolutely one of my favorite places. Um, so, what do I do? I um, I do actually work as a uh, as a consultant, uh, but I uh, have this. Um, the financial markets i have macroeconomics as my you know something that is very close to my heart it's something that i am very interested in something i i use a lot of time in, in studying and understanding um i do have my my website with my service uh, which is called the seabirdreport.com uh where i on a weekly basis do a, a podcast uh, a live show where people can ask questions on on markets and how i see uh, where i see the world going in terms of uh, financial markets and the uh, macroeconomy so um, so this is what I do. Okay, fantastic. Well, the reason I want to speak to you is because you, you, I listened to a podcast recently. You were talking about gold, which I want to talk about in a second. And the reaction was extreme in the sense that, you know, a bunch of people who agreed with you. And there are a lot of people who didn't agree with you. You know, you're, you're the kind of like, a, it's the Antichrist. It does not serve their uh narrative for you to be talking or affecting sentiment in the market saying what you were saying and the thing you were saying which was i think you know quite incendiary to them was mm -hmm. you see 800 dollar gold before you see gold going to the heights that you think it will eventually get to but perhaps the the headline there was the was the grabber the 800 dollars as opposed to the bit where you actually agree with them that it will rise and you know we will get past the 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 highs of 2011 so do you want to tell us why you said that why 800 dollars gold and why you think that so first of all i base all my forecast and the way i perceive markets on a model that i built which is based on an understanding of the long-term perspective in markets so where are we are we in a an inflationary kind of environment or are we in deflationary kind of, kind of environment and and most people will say well you know we perceiving that or looking at that from a three to six months kind of perspective. I'm looking at that in a kind of, in a 20 years perspective from, from a congratulative, uh, perspective, congratulative wave perspective. Um, so for the last 20 or so years, uh, since year 2000, it's not an exact science or exact date or anything. We've been in an environment where, where the, uh, the kind of the, the debt in the world has been putting a lot of pressure on growth. And that has created a deflationary kind of environment where the pressure is downwards on prices, which is why the central banks cannot get inflation going. Um, so 
uh, and that is in, in alignment with, with, with what uh, Kodratyev has to put out in terms of his Kodratyev winter, which I think is where we are at. And this is also what we have, if you study back in history, where we've seen, you know, similar debt levels build up, you haven't been able to do to, to produce the growth, and then you will have this kind of environment, which lasts for quite some time until the, the, uh, the intelligent politicians understands that what you really need to get out of is get out of the debt. You need to get eliminate debt or get it reduced to get growth uh, back, uh, back on, uh, real growth uh, to, to spur. Um, and, and in this world, in this kind of environment, you'll see central banks print like crazy. And this, is, this has been done before. It's not the first time in, you know, in history. Uh, so they will print like crazy and they will, um, and they will uh, try to see if they can spur growth by, by doing monetary uh, stimulus, monetary stimulus. Um, in this world, of course, gold should supposed to, to, to rally and rise. And it has. If we look back in 1999, which was the bottom, gold was in, at, at uh, 250 or so. Um, and today it is at uh, 1760. We have been up in 1920 back in 2011. But all rallies, all gold market, all bull markets, they have also major corrections. And if you look at what I see since 2011, so looking at from 1999 until 2011 was the major bull market. It was a five-way move up. And then you had something from 2011 until today, which is actually, um, in my view, a correctional move. So the decline until 2015, which was then, and then we had some kind of a bottom. And then we have another rally up to now. And then in my world, in the Elliott Wave world, you simply need another decline. And what is supportive of that? Oh, let me let me finish by saying that and that kind of decline we're going to see there is going to be quite powerful because it's going to be what i call a wave c uh and it's going to be quite extended um and this is based on idiot waves and then if i look to other markets and say okay what does silver tell me silver didn't did, did peak after the bottom in 2015 it actually peaked in 2016 hasn't had had any higher higher since then Miners, the same kind of thing. If you look at them, some of them, of course, but if you look at the GDX, seems like some kind of bear flag is, 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 is pulling, uh, is, is being put in. So I'm just suggesting, saying that maybe if you look at everything else, and they seem to suggest that 2011 was a major high, and then we had some kind of correction, maybe gold is the one that is wrong, uh, and it has actually had needs to go to take another leg down. And what should be supportive of that? Of course, the um, the strong dollar thesis. So in a deflationary kind of environment where we're going to see, uh, you know, sell of everything, a strong dollar is going to bring gold down. So Elliott Wade tells me the, long, the, the deflationary environment, of course, will bring out gold at uh, major highs. So and we're going to see gold come to a, you know, absolutely extreme high at the end of the contractive uh, winter. But the road to that part, to that high, goes through the uh, the waves that I see in Elliot, which tells me that we see another low, and that one should uh, should bottom out around eight uh, 890 or something like that. 900 would also you know, suffice. So some somewhere around that. But long story. Sorry. It, no, fine. Um, no question. There's a lot. There's a lot in there. Okay. Um, you're an economist. That's your passion. That's your hobby. You've got a podcast once a week, right? You've chosen to, to you know, to to spend your time doing that. Um, 
why are you interested in uh, commodity, the commodity space? Of all the things that economics covers, you know, it, it impacts everything that we do. So why commodities? Let me understand that first. Yeah, sure. Uh, because I, to me, it's um, I'm a long-term kind of investor, so I'm, I'm positioning for the long term. Uh, I, I think that's that's how to to generate real uh, wealth. And if you do not want to get too stressed by doing you know, day trading or swing trading, um, and positioning for that requires that you understand whether the market is inflating or deflating in the very long term. And the commodities actually tells tells us that. So if you look at across the board. Uh, charts of commodities, you'll see that um, they will give us a story. They will show patterns of either a bearish pattern or a bullish pattern on the, you know, for the next one to two years. And that will tell us whether we are in the moment where we need to get long miners or we're going to go long equities. There will also be a fantastic moment at, you know, at the end of the contractive winter where equities will once again will be, you know, at a fantastic value, which I absolutely do not think they are at this moment. So to me, it's the deflationary, inflationary kind of understanding. Uh, is the world inflating or is it deflating? Uh, that is important in terms of uh, understanding where to position my long-term funds. Okay, and so so part of what you do is actually you are an investor yourself. So you're, you're looking for opportunities yep. in this. And I know you're studying gold. You, you've made statements about where you think the price of gold uh, what it will do, depending on what the what the the market uh, conditions are. So you think you can make money there? I mean, is it something that you've studied for long? I mean, how long have you been sort of, you know, trying to understand the way that the gold market moves? Because, you know, it's the market's one thing, sentiment is another. You've got also the impact on companies. You know, the the producers. If gold goes to eight hundred. I, clearly, not too many people making money. There will be some, but not very many. You know, and that has a big impact on a company's yeah. ability to survive, which itself has a knock-on effect yeah. in terms of how much production there is or, or, or can be, you know, in, yeah. a, in a very very short time frame. So, mm-hmm. if the market does what you say it does, what type of betting are you doing? Are you shorting against these companies? No, I'm not shorting the companies. I'm not. I have I have a list of 15 companies that I've been. Uh, studying I've, uh, from, from a fundamental and technical perspective and I got some fantastic entry points that you know might seem extreme to some uh, some of them are the large ones of so Barrick and Newmont and others uh, that will in my world that I the way I see it will, will drop to to quite extraordinary uh, low levels before we see the bottom and and uh, so I'm I'm patiently waiting for that I am long uh, dollar onto them onto that point because as I see it, deflationary kind of world that we have is uh, is going to create a fantastic environment for for the dollar simply due to the shortage so i'll be waiting with you know the kind of funds there um am i missing out on on you know some rallies or some you know uh, bull uh, kind of moves in, uh, in in equities or other places right now i might be but there's a lot of risk also by getting into stocks at these at these uh, this point so to me it's about playing the the deflationary inflationary game uh, game of the, the the environment understanding that and then having the the the, the, the cash ready for the real moment uh, so i'm not trying to short the miners uh, i am uh, i'm having having a, this is what is most up on fintwit but i have a but i'll call a speculative position on on on, on gold uh, which i will be which I'm monitoring. I'm trying to see if I can get in at the, and, and get the uh, and get a ride on the on the, on the, on the short side of, of gold. But um, but uh, 
is it now is it here no i don't think so i think we might move a little higher first but that's more speculative the the, the real the money that i have is invested in something in, in uh, something that is quite uh, exposed to the dollar uh, so, so, so that's that's how I played. So, that, but those those are equities in companies. You're not talking ETFs. You're not talking royalties. You're investing in gold companies. Not, in fact, not physical gold. Or are you investing in physical gold? Not yet. Yes, I have physical gold. Also, yes, I do. Of course, um, and, and everybody should have some. But, but I, um, I'm not investing in that. Yet. I'm not investing in the in the companies yet. I do have, you know, as I said, a list of companies that I will be investing in at the point. But I think some of them, and as you said, they are going to to, to suffer tremendously. Some of them, I think, think some of them from the current levels are going to drop eighty to ninety percent before actually hitting the what I see as the bottom. There is the this massive deflationary bust that I see unfolding, and the, with a strong strong dollar, uh, you know, coming coming out is going to be, is, you know. Create a lot of havoc in, in, in you know everywhere, uh, and if I look across the board for, for with the commodities, and and I I, you know I do not um, subscribe to the idea that gold is different from any any other commodity in the world. I mean silver and gold and, and palladium and you know, platinum uh, and others. If I look at them, it still seems to me that there is another low, you know, much lower low. And, and that is the, the game where, of course, I want to get in at that point, because by the end of the contractive winter, gold will be in a fantastic bubble. It will be at 5000 or 6000 or $10,000 per pound or something. So I, I get what you've said so far, but what I'm not hearing is, or not understanding is that, you know, how do you understand the fundamentals of the companies that you want to invest in? But given it's not necessarily going to be about our, you know, physical gold or gold ETFs or any other type of gold, it's it's equities in companies that you think mm. you can best mm. take advantage of. So how do you understand the, the, the business fundamentals? Do you just are looking at financials or are you capable of understanding or looking at the, ge, you know, geological technical component to this? You know, because there's a lot of risks when you're investing right so what what are the core bits that you're studying the core bits i study is that i, I look at from I, I have been studying companies uh, you know throughout my career also a consultant and to understand the uh, the solidity and the uh, and the and the uh, yeah of the, of the company so i do i've done the same here so to understand what kind of you know from a financial perspective from financial statements and from what i've seen i do not have any understanding or any knowledge of you know their geological uh, tests or anything like that whatsoever uh, i base it on what i see but but that information is built into the charts as i see it so in a world where you know people like yourself or many other people that have great understanding of just that will be, you know, putting that kind of understanding into the charts. And when millions and millions of people are, you know, investing, we will see patterns emerge. So I, I'm trusting the patterns that I see, and I, I try to follow that. But of course, I look to the solidity and the uh, and the soundness of the, of the of the individual company to understand whether there's something I want to invest in. And then I build a portfolio, which where I see, okay, there is the bigger ones that will be the, the more um, stable ones. And then there are some which are smaller, which will provide a fantastic upside. And do you, okay, so I'm, I'm not a, a charterist or anything. You know, I, I, I kind of invest in management teams and, and, and companies, and I try and understand as much as I can about that. And clearly, I've got to have a macro thesis about whichever commodity, okay? So I, I don't... Um, I don't subscribe to the, the just, you know, the pure data only. There's a kind of emotional component to this. 
what you're describing, there seems to be very little emotional component to it. It's, it's data driven. But is there any confirmation bias in the way that you analyze, do this analysis? You know, do you have a sort of a predilection for a certain scenario so therefore it affects your interpretation of how you, what this data tells you? Sure. Uh, I think that's the, uh, the that's the risk of uh, of, of all uh, theories and hypotheses. It, it is that, of course, if you uh, if you have a certain way of looking at things, uh, it might influence the way that you are actually analyzing things. I I, I, I definitely buy into that, uh, and that's why I try to test my thesis, uh, you know, all over the you know with everything I see. So if I test it with, I I, I you know, for instance, the gold bulls, like the ones that I'm also a gold bull. Remember, the ones that saying, okay, so gold will, will rise to about you know, two thousand, three thousand from here, um, still need to tell me why it is that silver put in the, the top in two thousand sixteen, and then have, you know, okay, what do you how I say that? Uh, you know, has had had a bottom this year. Uh, you know, four, five four years later, uh, or five years after when gold bottomed, you know, we had a silver bottom. So there are things that were. If you look at that from that kind of perspective, uh, you know, the thesis that I'm putting up is the one that has the fewest things that it cannot explain. The thesis that gold is going to rally from here is the one that is, needs to tell why is it that miners haven't increased, uh, rallied? Why is it that we haven't seen silver supporting this? Why is it that we have all the commodities that I look at in a, in a, in a very bearish, uh, in a bearish uh, patterns as I look at it? And I believe in patterns. Because back to what you said about the emotional, I believe in a in a that everyone that invests in the uh, in the market is going through the same kind of cycle. So we become over optimistic and over pessimistic and over optimistic. So we go through this cycle all the time when we are when we do the analysis uh, analysis and, and we invest our money. Um, and what happens is that you know if you take the accumulation of that up to millions of people doing that, then you actually start to see patterns. It's like birds in the sky. It's like you know, fish in a crowd, and you'll start to see, you can see patterns in what's what's happening because we influence each other in what we do, and that's why if you have you know numbers and you know big numbers, you will actually start to see something which come out as patterns. So the emotions are actually built into those to the to the to the ways that I look at it, as I, I would say. So in terms of having a a, a bias on it, yes, I, you could definitely say that, but that's why I try to expose it to as many um, counter arguments as possible on a weekly basis. But I have to say that when the structures have been laid down, so if you have something of a structure which is in a uh, an ending diagonal, for instance, which is one of the powerful uh, bearish um, patterns that I see in, in many commodities, chances are that they are going to fall out like, like that. I had this, I had the call back, I remember it's a year ago only, that we had oil at 80 or something like that. And I said, I think it's going to drop below 20 and perhaps below 10. And I was called crazy back then because, no, why and how should it now, you know, and that's back to the inflationary deflationary world. But in my world, in my world, the, the structures of what we had for oil was the bearish structure and we we're going to stay low. And that is because we again act as human beings, as individuals. But when we act as in a crowd, we're just another lemming like you know trying to to get out the door and it starts to get hot or something like that. i mean we are we are you know uh, emotional people and we will be influenced by, by others so we need to look for the structures to understand where we stand okay so 
interesting point you just made, um, the way that people behave. So if, if I look back to March when we had that massive fall off the cliff, you know, there was a market reset and just, you know, the onset of COVID, etc. It was, the, by definition, the perfect time for contrarians, people who like to call themselves contrarians, yeah. right? And some people yeah. dipped into the market because that's their, that was their belief system, investing belief system. So many didn't because they were either trying to find the bottom, okay, yeah. trying to find the bottom, um, or just when the rubber hit the road, they were too terrified to put their money in because they didn't, they didn't know where the end would be. Okay, So that was a belief system which I saw fall apart when it came to time to put your money down, right? Um, do you ever worry that you are getting it? So you haven't invested yet, right? You haven't put your money in because it's not the right time. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm exposed to the dollar three times, you know, the whatever it does to, against the euro. So, I mean, that's that's one of my major position. And, and okay. it's been great since 2016. So it's been great. Uh, and I think it'll do a lot better th uh, this year. So I am exposed. I am invested. Okay. I'm just invested into what I think is the, the dominating force right now and i can see the th the dominating force is a strong dollar in this kind of environment that i see do i want to invest into something where we have a market cap to uh, gdp at 129 no because that's not investing that's speculation okay you're doing a bit of fx at the moment but i'm, I'm talking about when it comes to actually you talking you're, you're selling you know you're a consultant you've got your um, podcast show that you do i don't know how you drive your revenue but you know, you're, you're saying to people, there are going to be at least 15 companies that you have identified, which you think investors will be able to make a lot of money in if they hit it at the right time. And you're going to clearly put your yep. money in at the same time, right? Are you at all nervous that you, you, you'll get it wrong? Of course. Of course. And then that's, that's why we all, we all get nervous that we are wrong. Of course I am. But I, again, I, 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 as I said, it's about, you know, it's about probabilities. It's not about, and there's no certainty in this, of course not. It's about probabilities. And if you look at if you look at the one thesis that requires the least excuses, so to speak, that's the bearish thesis for gold. And I know that's counterintuitive to a lot of people, but it is the bearish thesis because it doesn't uh, have to explain minus, it doesn't have to explain silver, it doesn't have to explain platinum, uh, it doesn't have to explain a lot of things. And that's why I think it, I, I would love to go love gold. I would love to be long the miners now because I can also understand the the, the, the narrative or the or the uh, understanding that you know Fed has gone rogue. Uh, every central banker in the world are printing money, and we are as part of my thesis, a part of my contractive uh, winter. We are going to see the runaway from from fiat currencies. I'm just saying that the structures that I see is not a bottom. So what you look at from a gold perspective, for instance, a structural perspective on gold. The kind of rally that we see coming off that bottom is not a, a bull market start. And you can say, say that for a lot of commodities. And if you then look across wheat and rice and you know all the commodities that tells us whether the world is inflating or deflating, and, on the, and also subscribe to the idea that I have at least that you know gold is doing well in an inflationary kind of world. I mean, some people tell us it does, does well in deflation. And then they're part to the 30s. But if you really look at it and you study it really hard, you'll see that in the deflationary part of it, it does not do well because that's where cash is everything. That's where the dollar is everything. So, I, I, am I worried sometimes? Yes, of course I am. 
I put a lot of faith in what I've done here, but then I test it and I test it and I test it and I test it a million times every week with different perspectives, try to falsify it, um, trying to stay away from, but that's of course, you know, uh, difficult, but the confirmation biased, uh, but, but trying to say, well, what would I need to see in order to actually have to change my mind? And, and, and I haven't seen any of that yet. And just pointing to a price level and saying, okay, I'm being asked this a lot. So which point in gold, which level in gold would you say you're wrong? I would say, listen up guys. First of all, when gold is starting off in its bull market, it's not going to take five years to go from the bottom of that, uh, from, from, from the, yeah, from the absolute bottom to, to, to surpassing the all time high, it's going to take four, four or five months. So I, I, and in terms of Elliott wave, it's also, you know, it's a clear B wave where everybody gets in on the wrong side before getting an island. And that's why they'll miss out on the, on the possible. So am I worried? Yes. Am I uh, so worried that I need to change my mind? No. What do you think when you see $5,000, $10,000 gold coming and it's imminent? And some, from some pretty big names, right? And I get everyone talks their playbook. Yep. I get that. But what are you thinking when you see that? You go, I'm better than you. I've done my homework. You don't know what you're talking about. Or are you just going, we're in violent agreement. It's just a question. I think there's going to be a quick correction before that happens. I mean, what are you thinking? I'm, I'm actually thinking, I hope they're right. I'm wrong. And I'm wrong. Because if not, <laughs> they have a, they have a big problem. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here doing this, uh, you know, with my, my, uh, my, my the, the kind of framework that I've been putting up. Um, so I um, I, 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 I fully buy into the 5,000 and the 10,000 gold. I do. But I just think there's going to be something which is going to be a decline. It's going to be very swift. Uh, and you can still be right. I mean, you can still say, well, it's going to go to 5,000. It's going to be a fantastic investment over the next three years. Yes. But it's going to be an even better investment from eight, uh, from 890 or something like that, that level. That, that level. And it's a 50% decline. Can we have that? Well, if you look at rice, for instance, as I, I, I pointed to last two weeks ago, it dropped 48% in two, two, two weeks. I'm just saying, yeah, but this is gold. It's different. It's different. Well, you can look at, you can look at, uh, I think it was silver, which in the, in the, in the course of, uh, four weeks, three and a half, three and a half weeks, it dropped from, was it 18 to around $11 back in, in March. So I'm just saying maybe, maybe if i'm right maybe we can see a very very swift move down and i'm not suggesting we're going to be there for years or for months or weeks even i'm just suggesting that we could see a fantastic sell-off uh and the reason could be many uh, i could see it you know i could see it in a bullish environment for equities i could see it in a bearish environment i might i would have to say that the uh my preferred scenario is a, a major sell-off uh where Everything will be sold off simply to get uh, dollars in a, in a kind. Of, we don't have that sentiment right now. That's why it's so difficult. But back in in March, it wasn't so difficult to 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 get that feeling. So what am I thinking when these big names says uh, to, says this? I I think they're right, uh, but they I think their path will make will not be right, and I am sticking to. Um, the 30 plus 50 charts I got, which points to a deflationary kind of environment, and then I'm saying no. Gold is not going to decouple from silver, and there's no and and still we cannot have the um, we cannot have an environment where you know gold is bottoming in 2015 and silver bottoms in 2025 years apart. It's simply because in my world you can have different kind of correctional patterns, 
and gold chose one of them, which is the due to the got gold uh, thesis and the got gold sentiment that you got in the market. So everybody gets it. And then uh, and silver has more of a uh, the triangle kind of uh, correction and it needs one more low and gold does the same as I see it. So they are probably a lot wiser than I am. Probably uh, they uh, they are definitely. Uh, but but every also a wise man can be wrong sometimes. Yep, that's true. Um, talk to me about hedging, because again, there's another conversation going out there in the marketplace with all of this um, quantitative easing, with all of this money being printed. There is an imminent crash coming. Okay, the question people are arguing about is, you know, when is it coming? Not if, when is it coming? We, we are printing when? money like. Yep. Uh, it's going out of fashion, right? So something is wrong yep. with the way we're t trying to tackle the problem. It is exceptional times with COVID, but even so, the problem doesn't go away um, because of that. So <clears throat> we've been talking to various people who are saying, well, you should buy physical gold because it's a, it's a store of wealth. It holds its value. doesn't do anything and it can't be affected by anything, right? And, and you know, a lot of people buy into that. And there are other people saying, well, yep. you need to spread the types of investment that you make uh, you need to you know be sure that you're not going to lose lose all of your money because you know what for whatever whether it be deflation or inflation it's it's it's, yeah. it's not good for uh, your money so what's your view on on hedging and what sort of hedging would you do i mean you're i know you're talking very aggressively about investment in certain gold companies because of what you believe is going to happen there. But what else are you looking at? I, I have to say in this environment where you have the, the bond prices at what we have, the rate levels at what we have, and we have equities at the prices levels that we have right now, I, I, I don't see a lot of value in many you know many places. I think bonds are going a lot higher, but it's again with the kind of, with the kind of uh, you know rates that you get now, it is uh, there is very few places actually to 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 be uh, at this moment, and that's that's scary, uh, and that's why you probably have that equities will also go up a lot because they are everybody's getting in and say well it's it's, it's going to rally and then people are getting in. And if you look at PE levels or you look at whatever for for kind of a, you know soundness to this. Would I have some of that? No, not at this point. I, I would rather, you know, wait out. And I think that is, you know, the the fear of missing out is what a lot of people is, is falling into here. Um, and then they say, well, you need to have some or you need to be part of this. Uh, I, I would rather, I'll say that, you know, it's, it's better to have, uh, you know, sometimes it's better to get 0% in, in return than, than, than trying to get into something which is a very risky uh, environment. And for, for this moment, uh, I, I think that the kind of fallouts that we can see uh, are going to be so great that uh, I, I I would be you know fearful of, of, of holding too many assets at this point. Uh, there's there's so much that could go wrong in in different uh, in, in the kind of economic environment and financial environment that we have here. So, um, but of course I I would say you know U.S. Uh, TLTs uh, you know bonds would be a good thing also to hold. But I hold them right now. Maybe not because I think there could be a spike in rates for some reason. Uh, but of course, I think it'll move much, much higher. I think we're going to see negative rates on on, on bonds, uh, uh, U.S. bonds as well. And and I think we're going to um, and we'll see. And, and that could be, of course, a, a way to position yourself. It's not really my my game. It's not what I want to do. Um, I, I think the 
the long dollars to me is is, is going to make it. Uh, but 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 long bonds would probably be my, one of my preferred trades if I had to do something else. Also. Okay, interesting. U.S. U.S. bonds and 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 it could also be bunds. Uh, you know, German bunds or Danish uh, mortgage. I actually do have Danish uh, mortgage bonds as well, uh, which is uh, you know same like the the German bund. So um, so quite strong. We got a a strong economy here in Denmark. So it's something that I also hold. Okay, what have you learned along the way, right? So what, what are the mistakes you've made? What have you learned, you know, and, and how does that affect your thinking today? Well, I, I, I think what I've learned uh, for, for how long I've done it, I've, I've been in markets since 2005 or something like that. So uh, I've, been, I've been heavily investing since then. What I've learned is that you might be right in the long-term perspective, but you can be diff, you know, very wrong in the short term, uh, which is, is what I've been see, you know, seeing in the, so 2019, for instance, where you know the, the, the oil call that I had when oil was at 80 or something, uh, and I said, well, it's going to go below 20, it's going to go below 10, as I, as I said also back in January, and everybody was calling that crazy. I think 2019 was you know a bad year because I oil was going sideways, uh, and 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 then you know a year down the road, boom, we we got this major decline. Um, which was uh, in co- consistent with the with the structures that I saw. So, you know, being being right is not the same as being uh, being being wrong. It's not the same as being right, and being right is not the same as being wrong. I mean, you can you depends on the on the timeline here, and that's what is so important is to say what is it that I'm really aiming for. Am I aiming for the next one or two percent, or am I aiming for the big trade? And what I'm looking for is that I'm aiming for something that is life changing, and I can in this kind of environment that we have right now. We have so many opportunities to do life-changing things. I don't care about three or four percent. I care about five hundred percent. And then people say, "Well, how do you even, you know, suggest that?" Well, because if you look at the miners, for instance, when they hit the bottom in two thousand eight, and they started rallying for real, that was not four or five percent, or ten percent, or twenty percent. It was way more than that. So it's about getting in at that point, understanding the macroeconomic environment, understanding when is the squeeze, when have they been squeezed down below the floor, and then you can you can get in there. And there are others, of course. If you look at oil companies at this point, if you look at Halliburton, for instance, I think there's going to be a major low. There are some of them that I look at as well. Fantastic opportunities. Would I buy it right now? No, because I think it can they can half in, in, in price or more than that before we get to to the absolute bottom. But in the secular bottom that I'm calling for. Point this, you know, I all my commodity charts should, tells me that the inflation is going to get to a secular low, meaning that what we had in 1988 was a secular, 1982, sorry, was a secular high, and then we have had this long period of time where we've seen you know uh, rates being going down. This is uh, this secular low is what's going to be really defining for a lot of people. It's going to be defining in terms of if you get in and you. Fix your mortgage rate at that point here in Denmark. At least that's could make a lot of money on that. If you are going to um, get into um, to 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 miners, if you buy gold at that point, if you buy a lot of things, then it's we're not talking two or five or ten percent. We're talking about way way more, and that's the kind of game I want to play for. That's that's where I think that you know you get in and you hold on to, to that position because you actually you're, you're moving on the on the great cycle. You're moving on the on the on the great, and it does it's not so stressing stressful either. So. Um, that's what I've learned. That's what I, I still go with. That's what I still think. But it requires that you also have something on the shorter term time frame that you know generate your, you know the money on the shorter term time frame. And that's where you know where the 
there are some very good guys out there who does you know uh, short-term trades and uh, I'm, I'm trying to uh, to become better at that as well and, and, and I got some techniques that are starting to to show some some good results fantastic Henrik I thank you for your time today appreciate you taking time out of your day to talk to us um, so if people want to know more what's the what's your URL well, it's uh, the Seberg report and it, uh, dot com, and it's Seberg. Uh, it's uh, C uh, E B R G, uh, then report dot com. So um, please tune in there. Uh, I, what I'll do is uh, I will have a, uh, a live show every Sunday where I'll go through the charts. I will try to connect the macroeconomic environment with the charts. Trying to do the cross market analysis to show that you know it's not just about one chart it's not just about gold it's not just about silver it's about understanding it across the table and trying to figure out what is it actually the kind of uh move that we see is it a correctional move is it a main move and then understanding where to get in and where to to get out thank you for your time and we'll hopefully speak to you sometime in the future thank you very much thank you for listening if you've enjoyed the interview why not subscribe to cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.